This is Be Money Simple, where we make money simple so you can become rich and wealthy. Remember, I'm not an investment advisor. Please consult with your investment professionals before you make any changes to your portfolio. This is Be Money Simple, where we start building your knowledge to build your wealth. So this week, I was spending more and more time reading, rereading Benjamin Graham's book, The Intelligent Investor. And also, of course, keeping my ears out, looking at what's happening in real estate and investing and all of that. And it, it really, really became clear to me that more and more of us during the past probably 20 years were sort of sucked into the belief that real estate only had one place to go and that was up. And when you look at the speculation that occurred, huge speculation, and not just by amateur folks, but all the way up the line, you'll see that now things are starting to get a little painful out there. And I wanted to take some time today to differentiate between speculating and investing. 99% plus of people in real estate who bought within the past probably 10 years are speculators. Now, if you subscribe to the newsletter, and I strongly suggest you do by going to bemoneysimple.org and just click the button and subscribe. I've talk, I talk about these things sort of briefly in that newsletter, and then I try to expand on them here in the podcast. One of the things I do talk about is a concept that I absolutely first learned, and I'll tell you about it here, and, and I don't understand why, other than the fact that it's boring, more people don't do that. As I said in the newsletter, but let me re- repeat it. Let's say I buy a duplex for $350,000 and I put two tenants. I have two great tenants and the income and I, and I pay for significantly less than what I attribute the value to be. And in our book, What Grandpa Learned from the Honeybees, I do talk a lot about evaluating something as far as value to be a value investor. So let's assume even though I pay three fifty, my value is much more than that well over 450 but I pay 350 let's assume when I put the tenants in and I um, do some basic simple kinds of things like paint a few hallways doesn't cost very much say a thousand dollars I can generate cash flow positive about 350 dollars a month that means after the tenants pay for everything and that includes my keeping a bit of a reserve for vacancy CapEx, meaning fixing up things like windows or roof. It's got a brand new roof, but I might need a new one in 20 years, so I start taking a bit of money out for that. Long story short, after all of those things, including snow removal and my mortgage payments on the property, I am cash flowing or keeping $350 extra. So I put that in a bank account, and at the end of the year, I can do one of two things. I can upgrade the building if need be, keep it in reserves if I need be in case I lose a furnace or something needs to be done. And once that's taken care of, I might start investing that in dividend paying stocks. 25 years pass, and this is the boring part. Today, most people don't have a timeline of a year. In fact, more and more research shows that the majority of stocks are traded within six months or less that are purchased. And we saw this happening with real estate. Speculators were everywhere. Buy and sell, quick flip, that kind of thing. But if you hang on for 25 years, think of this for a minute. Now, in the newsletter, I talk about selling, you know, the value is three ninety-five. But let's assume for a minute the property is worth $350,000. 25 years later, 
you paid 350 the thing is worth 350 and you're probably thinking that's a bad investment but let's think about this for a minute there's no longer a mortgage on the property the tenants paid it off $350,000 is gone off the mortgage well less because you would have put a down payment down but the, the entire mortgage is gone so you have this paid off building now what are you going to do with it here's a couple of things to think about if you want to harvest that money you can sell it but because you took a depreciation cost every year and i'll explain that in a second you're actually going to have to pretend that you sold it for 400 just for the sake of discussion i made that number up Dep depreciation means this when you buy a building and let's say we paid 350 but 300 of it was the building Roughly 4% of that building cost can be subtracted from income every year, and that's $12,000. So we're making $4,200 a year. If we use the depreciation on that, it's tax-free. We don't have to pay any money on that $4,200. That's crazy. But if we turn around and sell it, we have to add that depreciation back on a, on a cost, and I'll talk to your accountant, but that's my experience over the years. And so what that means is then you're gonna pay some taxes because the government wants that tax back if you sell it. But here's the thing. If you turn around and refinance it, say you put a $200,000 mortgage on it, which will be another 25 year wait, you can harvest that $200,000 tax-free and then take that money and purchase another or take the 200,000, do whatever, Buy your next one is what I would do because you're still fairly young and you can do this probably again. Well, that's investing, but it's boring. Nobody wants to talk about it. You're not going to sit and talk to your friends at a dinner party and say, oh, yeah, wow, I, you know, I got another 350 this month. You know, it's all great. Probably not. And especially if the property doesn't go up in value. Some would argue and say, well, what happens if the property is worth $250,000 25 years from now? And I'd say to you, that's still a win because you didn't pay for it. The tenants paid for it. And that means you can turn around and refinance it and buy something similar for a similar low price. You'll probably want to buy more of them. So identify what you really are doing. Are you an investor or a speculator if you're in the real estate business? And that really gets us to another thing that many people think about. When they buy their personal home, and sometimes we watch this... Uh, there's a show called uh, Love It or List It, if you've ever watched it, and other kinds of shows that talk about people who buy personal homes or second vacation properties. And they always talk about an investment. And you think about that and you say, well, wait a minute. You know, and I, I beat this one to death, that when you buy a personal home, it's not an investment. It's, it's, a, it's an expense because you're not making any income. And unless you're going to sleep under a bridge, you're going to have to buy something else when you sell your house. And so um, that's really not an investment. But people talk about that in the sense of, well, when I pay off my mortgage, what, what have I got? Well, you've got a paid off house where your, your expenses to live are less, but it's still not generating any income. So the speculation versus investing is something you really need to take a look at. Before I keep going, I just want to ask if you could help me for a second and click subscribe if you're listening to this podcast.
That will help us greatly because right now a lot of people download it, but they don't subscribe. And that way you'll stay in touch with each each episode as we download it. Also remember, you can go to bemoneysimple.org and subscribe to my weekly newsletter by the same name, which will give you a free copy of my book, What Grandpa Learned from His Honeybees, the little book to be smart with your money and help the environment. So if you could subscribe and also go to bemoneysimple.org, subscribe to the newsletter, that's going to help greatly in our able to achieve our goals and you achieve your goals of financial freedom. Let's get back to the show. So just as I've talked about, you know, the issue of renting versus buying your own personal residence and we've we've done uh, newsletters on this you can sort of dig back in the newsletters available at beehive and have a look and and see my comparison of when you buy versus renting a home i was talking to someone the other day who, who was urging me to go in a warm place for january february and saying you should just rent for a month more and more people are renting for 30 days or whatever the month is because it's so much cheaper than actually buying something and, and dealing with all the headaches, particularly in a place like Florida where the insurance, property insurance is going through the roof. Not to mention the capital you tie up for spending a little bit of time in a place that you probably don't want to spend too much time in anyway. So this entire new market is opening up called 30-day vacation rentals. And the second part to that is where, and this is an idea I'm throwing out there, where you could actually... Um, future book the 30 days so let's say i like january in florida is it possible for me to go to the place that i'm at that i seem to enjoy my family seems to enjoy and say okay i want to book the next five januaries um with you for this property what is the deposit you need is it refundable and all of that so that i can basically lock up my januaries in florida at a property without owning it now if you talk to people who own property in, uh, and they live in Canada, and I talk to some of them. They say things like, "Wow, geez, I've just got another you know month, and I'm headed to Florida for a couple months at the place we bought back in the crash." And I say, "Okay, that's great, but what about the other ten months?" Well, you know, we have some tenants now and then try to pay the bills, and sometimes I got to go down and take care of a situation after a hurricane. But other than that, it's great. You know, you start thinking, "Geez, for two months, is there a better way?" And this may be it. So. If you listen to this podcast, you know long-term my thoughts on short-term rentals and what the governments are doing uh, to shut those down. And this may be a way uh, to kill two birds with one stone, as they say. You get to go to a nice vacation spot. You know that you're going. You like the month. It fits with your schedule and climate preference. Uh, Why not book it? And you're willing to pay a fee for that. And I'm saying to you more and more... uh, people my age, I'm 67 and up, are willing to do that because they want to know where they're going, what it's like. Once they go to a place and they get accustomed to it, they want to keep going there. So they pre, they want to pre-book for this and they're willing to pay a premium for that. Um, it, it reminds me a little bit, but it's not a scam. It reminds me a little bit of the whole, um, you know, when people rent weeks at a time or timeshare. It's not like that because you're only committed for that year or two or three or even up to five if someone would let you do that. And you're, you know, you're not buying some some junk that you have to keep putting money into. You're actually just reserving a spot that you enjoy uh, for vacation, which is much more economical and reasonable. 
and uh, beneficial than actually owning property in a foreign country. So I am Hank for Be Money Simple. Thanks for listening. Uh, please go to our site, bemoneysimple.org. Sign up for the newsletter. Um, pick up the book if you don't, because you get a free copy of the book, of course, when you when you do that. It's a digital copy. If you want a paper copy, go to amazon.ca. What Grandpa Learned from His Honeybees. I continue to go back to that book as I work through investments and uh, things that I'm doing to help share with you. You have an amazing week, and we'll talk again next time. At Be Money Simple, our goal is to help you achieve financial freedom. To remind you, remember, you can pick up some swag. All the money from t-shirts and hat sales go directly to our Wildflower Bee Farm. Go to wildflowerbeefarm.com and click on the uh, store button and pick up some swag today.